Hello and welcome to Maine Education Matters with Matt and Matt and my name is Matt. And I'm Matt too. And we are going to talk about more coronavirus things today. Because what else is there? That's pretty much everything that there is. There's nothing else to talk about, really. There's no sports. There's no movies being released. Can't go out to can't go out to dinner. Nope. It's just us talking into a microphone. Yeah, I mean, Matt, our our you know, you and I, we would have weekly date nights, and those are just completely gone. It's so sad. It's so sad. I, so, I miss you, buddy. Oh, I miss you too. <laughs> so let's talk. Let's let's ramp it up a little bit, and let's talk about standardized assessment during this time of COVID nineteen. Yeah. The hell would want to talk about this? <laughs> uh, well. If since you're listening to us, listeners, uh, you know we're going to. Yeah, that's uh, true. You're, you want to listen to it clearly. So let's talk a little bit about that today. Yeah, because uh, I think it's really important to think as we're as we're thinking about grading and we're thinking about assessment and we're thinking about placement of all the kids. There's a lot of stuff happening with that, but um, the standardized assessment piece. There's a there's a lot of moving parts happening with this right now in the current also in the future. And I think it's worth us talking about and thinking about what role does a standardized assessment play in this COVID-19 world? So let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the high school testing stuff first, like SATs and ACTs. So I'm sure many of you know, the SATs um, are basically optional now. Many schools are going to SAT optional for this next particular year. Some, uh, like the University of Oregon, go Ducks, uh, are just banning them outright and say, yeah, they don't matter anymore. Yeah. And first of all, as a person who taught SAT preparation class in high school for three and a half years, I can say kudos to the University of Oregon for getting rid of that assessment. <laughs> um, wow. Oh, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. Um, I don't think it does a good job at all of doing any kind of real understanding of knowing of what a kid really knows and or can do. Um, Was that the point of the SAT? Uh, Honestly, the original point of the SAT was, of course, the scholastic aptitude test. No, standardized, I don't know, achievement test or something. Scholastic aptitude test originally. I think Um, so. And then they realized after a while, after several years, um, that it wasn't an aptitude test at all. So they said, oh, we'll call it the standardized achievement test. And they realized it wasn't an achievement test. So do you know what the SAT stands for now? Um, Go ahead. Stupid, awful test. That is actually better than the reality. Wow, what is the new one? There is no meaning. It's just uh, SAT? It's just SAT. It's now the SAT. Because people know that those letters... And they're familiar with those letters. It interesting. Has, the letters have no meaning. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. And so I know a lot of a lot of uh, high school juniors and high school seniors are, or not, not high school juniors this year, but high school juniors in particular are looking at, well, how do I do the SATs? Well, they don't matter right now. And yeah. I think this is going to be a big question going forward of, well, to, if we don't need them now, to what extent do we really need them in the future? Well, I think that's that's a good a good point because I'm reading some of the stuff from the College Board right now, and they have canceled all the tests, obviously, right up until 
August, as far as I know. Um, and they are adding one, so they're doing it monthly from August on, if they possibly can. They can. But I think your question is a good one. It's like, if everybody's not requiring them anymore, then they are obviously scrambling, trying to keep it front of mind that, oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's still here. We're, we're going to give you more opportunities to take it. Uh, I was reading something today uh, that they are looking to make it an online test for the fall. And they're trying to figure out ways to do that so you can do this from home. Um, but I think you're right. I think their, their uh, prestige, I think, is dipping quite a bit. Well, they're, they're scrambling to figure out how to do it because it's always been this perception that it's really so important and it's, it is this benchmark. It is this thing that everyone has to take in order to get into college. And colleges like Bates have never done it. More colleges than not are making it less and less important on the admissions process anyway. Mm -hmm. It just becomes one of those things that's like, all right, well, if you did it, great. If you didn't, we'll look at other things instead. And it's totally fine because it doesn't really tell us anything of value, especially given the inequities that it that placed off of per for students with disabilities or students, uh, minority students, et cetera. It just sure. doesn't, it's not a good equitable assessment. Uh, that's not me talking. That's a lot of research assess, uh, studies that have been done on it, including some in our own state, like the MEPRI mm -hmm. assessment that was done that looked at our high school achievement. And you can see uh, how districts that were uh, lower, I, I always get this wrong, higher SES did better and with lower SES did worse. Mm -hmm. No, Didn't. sorry. Lower SES did better, higher SES did worse. No, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. It's very I, mon mundane what you're talking about right very now. Very mundane and not very classy. Not very classy. Not is very classy a, at all. Is that like a teaser we just did? I, I, th I think so. You might have to listen a little bit further on to, to see what's, what's going on there. And don't let the magic uh, fool you. Very true. So the SATs are kind of scrambling a bit. As I'm looking on the ACT site, uh, ACTs are really not much of a thing in Maine where we are, so I'm less familiar with it. But the first thing that comes up here is coming to the ACT in September, section retesting, super scoring, and faster results. Hooray, question yeah, mark. That's yeah, awesome, but uh, I think you're right. One of the points is if you don't need it as much anymore, then... Why are we forcing kids to take it in some states? Forcing kids to take it. Why are we putting them through this? There's a whole lot of money that goes into it. And whereas I get part of the original intent of Maine to make the third year uh, assessment in high school, the SAT was to uh, be a bridge to that barrier, that, yep. access, that access side. That was one of the entire points of going to the SAT all those years ago. Well, if it's no longer a real need, why would we then have it still as our third year assessment? Yep. And I think they are trying to reassess that at the state level right now is trying to figure out what does testing look like in the future? Well, the commissioner has come out and said one of her updates, uh, come out said some ideas to think about in the future, just some big concepts of how this whole COVID-19 crisis might change education. It's re-looking at our entire assessment system. And uh, I was at a um, conference this spring or winter, excuse me, before everything went kaput and um, was with a group of uh, people from NWEA, and they were talking about how they've done some uh, state assessments in others, mm -hmm. other states, and knowing that the state of Maine, 50% or so of districts use the NWEA in some form, mm -hmm. um, 
that could that become some format of a state assessment as well? And the benefit there would be you could get immediate results, not have to double test kids, test them more than once. And mm -hmm. you get them right there and you can actually use the assessment towards instruction, to which I think every curriculum person and teacher would say, if we have to test, let's at least make it a test we can use. Mm -hmm. Get timely results back and use for our kids and for our instruction. If we take the assessment and don't get the results for six months later, what's the point? Mm -hmm. I would agree. And, the point, and that's what people get a hard time buying into is, yeah, we get the fact that we have to take the test for the money from the federals, the, the, the DOE from the federals. So we have to do that to meet those criteria to get those dollars to come in. But is that it? Is that really the only reason why we do the test in the way that we do? Which is why I think it's beneficial to look at our assessment system now the standard, what role will standardized assessments play? Mm -hmm. And to say things like, well, if we're going to have to do it, why don't we do it in a way that's meaningful? I think it's the perfect time to do that. Uh, let's talk about AP testing a little bit since we're still on the high school bent here. Uh, those have changed, obviously. And I, I am a former AP teacher, so I'm always interested in seeing what they do. Uh, but this year, they're making it online for all your kids. And it has cut way, way, way back on the time. And it's just free response items now. Um, and there are about 45 minutes to an hour total, which wow, is that's a big change. Crazy. Yeah. It used to be a three hour test. Um, one of the things here says, like many college level exams, this year's AP exams are open book, open note, uh, which is kind of cool. You can take it on any device you want. A computer, a tablet, or a smartphone, not a good idea. It's way too small. And so, so, so the assessment then is going to be not based on just remembering facts, dates, or specific things for as a content, but it's about being able to synthesize and apply the content in a meaningful way. You're still on a timed basis. That's the only part that kind of struggles. So open book isn't really that helpful because it is a really quick turnaround. But it's a very quick turnaround, but if, but if you need to have like some, want to make sure you get your dates right, want to make sure you get yep. those things, which, okay. Hey, that's a great, I think that's a good uh, push forward. I think that's a good step forward. Agreed. For Agreed. Uh, the, there are two ways that they, kids can take the tests. Uh, they can either type it and upload it securely, or they can write it out by hand and take a picture and send that in of, of what they wrote. Oh, neat. Yeah, which is kind of cool, actually which is kind of cool, except that'd be terrible for me because I can't write at all. I'm looking at my notes right now and uh, it's basically incomprehensible to, to me. And I'm the one who wrote it. Yeah, here, this is, here's a, I'm gonna hold up a sticky note that I have on my, on my desk. Hmm. It says, this all sucks. There you go. I can read you can it read, though. I, you can read it. It's yeah, legible. I can read it. Yeah. So what you're saying is that I could take a picture of this and then send that out to the AP folks and be part of what we do? I'm pretty sure you'd get a one, but yes. <laughs> depends on the current, or depends on the, uh, the, the, the topic. I remember hearing a story once about the SATs. This was years ago. This was like in the 90s, or early, early to mid 90s, early 90s. And uh, someone said uh, there was an assessment or an essay question about what is courage or the and someone wrote, or it was a college admissions, and someone wrote, this is courage, and just sent that in. That'll do it. Glad it, it shows it, understood it. You know. Eight, 88 bucks later. Right. 
<laughs> so we've all got a couple of other things on our notes list for today also. Do you want to run through a couple of those? The other thing we, I think we wanted to touch on a little bit because you and I have gone back and forth a little bit this offline in different ways, maybe in a podcast, but honestly, who can remember what we've talked about one podcast to the next, um, is what do we do with our kids when they come back in the fall? And knowing that everyone's going to be all over the place, mm -hmm. knowing that everyone is going to be um, in different places because of the equity issues, because of the access issues, because of whatever issues are, are out there for our learners. I know of one, one situation where family, a kid is working at a job from six in the morning until six at night. And he's right. in high school. So how is he going to get the schoolwork done? Right. So one of the things that I think a lot of curriculum folks and teachers are going to try to lean on when people get back is, well, we have to do some progress monitoring. We have to do some assessment of where our kids are to figure out what we need to do. Mm -hmm. How are we feeling about that? Well, it's, uh, it's something I think people are going to do for the most part because they don't know what else to do. There's some bigger picture items that I think people need to think about because if you really think about it, all your kids hopefully were, not hopefully, they were in different places. They always you just, were. You just didn't know it. Well, either they didn't know it or we didn't want to admit it. Yeah, well, I think more of that second one would be more appropriate. I think it's just something swept under the rug. Yeah. But, but now it has come to the forefront because kids are going to have about three months that they're doing this emergency learning and it is now much more out in the open and everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. In Including no the parents now. Right. In no situation should a teacher be going into the fall with having a bunch of students coming in and expecting all students to be where they're supposed, where quote unquote supposed to be, you know, and we've been able to get away with that in the past. I'm not saying every teacher has, I'm not saying every teacher hasn't, but systemically it's systemic, right? Yeah, structurally, that's how things have been set up. We can't do that anymore. This year is showcasing that next fall, whenever we come back, that structure can't happen if we're focusing on what's best for the learners. I so, am concerned about how that is going to be in effect, especially if, if schools don't reopen in the fall, as right. always then suddenly they do. Let's say it's mid-October or something, and finally everybody has the capability to go back to school. What happens then after you've had three months, then summer, then another six weeks or so in the fall of this emergency learning? Mm -hmm. what, what happens then? Right. You know, it's not just like coming back in early September. What happens after, like, if we're doing it now when we're reopening schools on Monday, let's say? What does that look right. like right now? Do we, ju we just, I think we would just start up and just pretend the last five weeks never happened. It's possible. It's, it's, and it's, and it's highly likely. And we would just try to try to mitigate whatever it was and try to make our way through. Yeah. But, but I think part of the question that I have is we're going to, a lot of folks are going to default to a, some kind of standardized assessment, an NWEA, an Ames web, a star or something yep. to get some kind of quote unquote hard data. And what concerns me is if, if, let's say we come back September, the first week of September, the week before Labor Day, and uh, all the students come back, they've been out of school since March. 
They've been out of school for six months. They lost the last three months of the year. Uh, they lost the, the good, any good buys that they had. They come in, they spend a day or a couple of days getting used to the year, and then they start testing. Mm-hmm. What concerns me is the amount of trauma that's been going on, not just at our uh, student level, but at our teacher level as well. But with our with how are we going to manage to figure out a way to, know, to find out where they are, what they need, what they need to learn, and, and how what their progression is going to be without having to say, welcome back, take a test for several hours. <laughs> yep. Because that is not going to be welcoming. That is not going to be promoting a positive culture. That's not really a quote unquote whole childish approach, not mm-hmm. childish, a whole child approach. Childish is this podcast. Yes. That, that's our, our, we are wholly childish. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thank <Nice>. you. <laughs> well done. Thank you. Um, but this is a legitimate concern that I have. Do you um, have a, a do you have a, place. do you have like any answers for the, for your own question? What, what some uh, people might want to do instead? I'm, I'm honestly hoping that what happens is it's much more formative and flexible. And ideally I would love it to be able to say people, kids can come back and we can figure just, uh, um, through things like performance or proficiency scales or things that we can identify where they are through meaningful performances, but then also be able to take some of our kids and be able to group them to a strength-based approach Mm -hmm. and be able to move them together where they are, figure out where they are. Let's let's say ideology, let's just they're in third grade and they come back in somewhere along the second grade projection. And then we we can figure that out through through quick observation, through quick, um, formative measurements, and then identify where in order to get to the end of the year to the, to be fourth grade ready, let's say, here's the steps that we need to take without having to go through a whole standardized assessment piece. So I guess my That's question, really hard. Yeah. My question back would be, who do you think is ready for that? Uh, no, System wide, it's going to be really tough. So how much professional development is going to have to be offered by the state or the districts uh, in, in, it would be best if the state could offer some things like this, if they wanted to really take a lead. I, I am, agree. I think that this is, this is one of those areas where um, the state could very much help districts out. They're doing a great job. I got to be honest with you. DOE is doing a phenomenal job of supporting the districts right now. And uh, they've stepped up bigly, like we've said before. And it, it's really, really impressive to see. And, and I'm thankful for them. Yeah, agreed. Um, agreed. The ne- but as we think forward towards the fall, um, to kind of have that trauma-informed mindset of, mindset of where our kids are going to be. But so to create an environment where we can still identify what their academic needs are and create plans for them, they could, DOE and, and Augusta could lead in that way i'm hoping that that this does come to fruition because i know that the leaders of all the education organizations in the state are constantly meeting throughout this crisis yeah so it's not just the doe trying to take control it's doe working with the superintendents and working with the mea and working with the principals and working with the curriculum leaders and working with the special ed 
uh, and all right. of these different organizations. So if they can all make these decisions like, yes, this is what we want to do, I think that would go a long way rather than just the state trying to do something without the full support of all of the, all of the different facets, as it were, of education. I think that may help. And I'm hopeful. Yeah, I'm hopeful too. And, and I, I don't know if there's a good answer. I don't know if what I said at all has anything to do, is, that, is it even possible um, or, or, or even plausible or probable? Or... Well, these days isn't really everything probable and possible because we literally have no idea what happens from day to day these days. I so I think any of these things that you're offering up, nothing is out of the realm of possibility because we've never been in the situation before. And I think it's really forcing a lot of districts to take a hard look at what they are doing uh, and are they doing it what's best for kids because there yeah. is no more normal. There is now a new normal, whatever that's going to be. But Whatever that's going to be. The old way we have been working schools is just not going to happen anymore. And I think people are a little uh, short-sighted if they think it's going to be. I agree. And so I think part of the reason why I'm glad that we're talking about this on this episode right now is to help people who are listening to this. And honestly, who is listening to this really? Yeah, really. It is to say, let's think about it differently. Is to say something like, let's not get caught up in the whole realm of, we have to assess, we have to assess, we have to assess, we have to, yes, but assessment doesn't necessarily mean a test. Yep. Assessment doesn't necessarily mean quantitative. There's a tremendous amount of information that's qualitative. It's hard to get. It's hard to qualitative data analysis is very hard to do. But some of the best stuff you could really get, especially since we are a human-centered uh, business, some of the best stuff we can find. Uh, quantitative is a great place to start. Qualitative is the best place to end, in my opinion. And I think that the, D the DOE can lead by providing districts, curriculum leaders, superintendents, principals, teacher leaders, coaches, et cetera, with here's how you really do qualitative data analysis. Here's how you can do it easily, quickly, in a, you know, in a, in a short setup to, to gain some information on these particular issues or topics that you might need so that you can then make decisions. I think it's a good way to wrap that part up. Okay. So we have one other thing on here about what's working out there. Yeah, we put out a question to our Faithful 17 listeners and uh, say, hey, what are you doing that's working? And we'd still like to hear from you because, well, we only heard from one. <laughs> hey, one out of 17. It's not too bad. I don't know what that percentage is because I don't do math, but uh, I guess it could be worse. I think it's somewhere around 55% if I did my math correctly there. That sounds about on brand for us. And, Excellent. And, and math. So what does our one listener say? So uh, it's from uh, Jeff Bailey. You can follow him at a at or a at Bailey eight. And he told us that, uh, quote, individual student Google Meet sessions have been good to help students with coding assignments using code.org and screen sharing, as well as designing with Tinkercad and SketchUp for schools. Uh, no commute. Uh, then that follows up with another question that we asked about how are you listening to podcasts now without commute? He said he doesn't have a commute, but he still listens while shoveling or on supply runs. Because, yeah, we got some snow, some April snow. We, we um, sure did. 
And that was ridiculous. Yes. Way, I, I, I may have gone outside at certain points and literally yelled curses at mother nature. Mm. Um, and, you know, and yeah. So, because that's just, that, that's just the state of mind that I'm in these days. Maybe but, she remembers that every April and that's why we get snow in April because you're probably. cursing at mother nature. Yeah. I'm sure it's all because of me. <laughs> I'm sure it's all because of me. I am the exact reason why we had some places that say had like 18 inches of snow in early mm-hmm. mid April, but uh, Jeff teaches computer science and technology over at uh, over in Rumford area, and uh, I, I have heard that Google Meet has done this great stuff through Google Classroom, where you can do easily scheduling and meet up with individual students. Um, that's been very helpful for a lot of folks. So if you use Google Classroom, um, and you don't necessarily like the Zoom component, where you might have to uh, schedule it in a different place and do it a different way. There are ways that you can do it through Google Meet that might be a little bit easier. And um, of course, since he does a lot of technology stuff, things like code or, code.org, um, computer science and screen sharing, uh, 3D printing and design, just there's so much stuff that's going well that we can, we can still do even though we are uh, from afar. Agreed. Agreed. And, and as we've said before, and we'll say again to you educators out there, kudos. Uh, congrats. You are doing an amazing, amazing job. Keep it going. Stay strong. Stay positive. Stay healthy because the work that you're doing is um, truly impacting positively the lives of everyone around us. Totally agree. Totally agree. This is a crazy situation and they are stepping up like nobody would have thought. That's for sure. And now the, the best part is everybody knows it, including the community members how amazing teachers are. Yep. It's just, it's the best thing in a crappy situation right now. Yep. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things that, uh, that people are just finally real. Oh, wait a minute. This is what they do. Wait, I love my kid, but teaching my kid is really hard. (laughs) So you're telling me that these people take my kid who's really hard and other people's kids who I know are worse, because my kid is the best. Obviously. And they manage to teach them and improve their lives in ways that, uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's astronomical. What the, what the public, the mass public is really learning about what the lives of teachers and educators is like on a daily basis, but also um, to how much they should be appreciated more. Agreed. Agreed. Where can you find us to give us some more what's working out there tips, Matt? Yeah, tell us what's working. Tell us what's going on. You could uh, tweet at us at Main Ed Matters on Twitter, uh, Facebook. You can let us know, uh, facebook.com slash Main Education Matters. Uh, you could also go to our website, uh, maineducationmatters.weebly.com. You can contact us there. Just say, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what's going on. It's working great. Share it out. The thing is, I'll, I've said this before here or somewhere else. I'll say it again. Share your genius. Um, what might be something that is meaningless or seemingly inconsequential to you might be a game changer for someone else who hasn't thought about it. Something you've been doing for years and it's just something that you've, that's typical that you've always been doing, share that out because it could be something that's someone's been looking for to fill a, a hole or a gap in their particular um, teaching and learning lives. And so it can really help. And in this time, that's what we need to do to help each other. Agreed. 
And we will talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye.